understand that the Minnesota Vikings are no longer in this anymore, but there's something really interesting about the state of Minnesota right now. And that is, of course, the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves have just been one of the hottest teams in the NBA this year. I mean, they're 26 at home, and, you know, they're going to be on the road now in the next two games, back-to-back. -back. Uh, they got Atlanta tonight. They got Toronto tomorrow. But you know what? I need to bring in somebody that really knows the Wolves top to bottom here. And, of course, he was named the Minnesota Broadcaster of the Year. He is John Folkey. And, John, I want you to tell me right now, gave you the news, what was going through your mind at that time? Uh, I was incredibly surprised. Um, you know, when Alan Horton told me about the nomination, uh, he got an email from the organization, from the National Sports Media Association, uh, and found out that I was nominated. He forwarded it to me, and uh, we were both, you know, blown away just to be nominated um, for an award like this. And then seeing the guys that I was up against, Dan Barrero, of course, I mean, one of the, the best sports talk show hosts mm -hmm. in, the, in the state, for KFAN, and then Corey Provis of Minnesota Twins, who does a tremendous job. And so, um, you know, it, it was an honor just to be associated with those guys and in the conversation. And uh, when I got the call that, that I won, um, I was just blown away. And then you start really looking at, you know, the the names of the winners of past winners and, and thinking like, wow, my name's now on this list. And there are some great, great broadcasters uh, that have won this award in the past. And, you know, it's it's incredibly humbling. Um, you're incredibly grateful for, uh, you know, the opportunities that you've had and everything else. And it was just real fun to, when the announcement was made, you know, to hear from so many people, um, you know, family, friends, colleagues, and, you know, as someone who started their career in a small town in southern Minnesota mm -hmm. and kind of worked my way back up, um, it was great to hear from people at every stop of the way that were saying, you know, I remember when you were broadcasting our high school games. I remember when you were doing our college games or whatever it was. Um, it was fun to kind of take a moment and, you know, think back on the journey up to this point. And then obviously you realize, you know, there's there's a long way to go, um, you know, in your in your goals and in your dreams. But it was fun to take a moment to pause, to hear from, uh, hear from everybody and, and just kind of, you know, look back at the journey up to this point. How long did you actually enjoy this moment, though? Oh, I think I'm still enjoying it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you know, it, I don't know. It's not like, um, you know, you think of a, a player winning an MVP award and they've got to turn around and play a game that night. I mean, this is something that um, it's it's a very special award. It's, it's fun to talk about with friends and family. And, you know, the, I think the reason why I'm still enjoying it is because you, every time you run into somebody else, they bring it up and you get a chance to kind of chat about it and relive it and everything. And so, you know, it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, at the same time, uh, we've got a ton of games coming down the line and a lot of work to be done. And so, you know, you're obviously focused on that. But uh, anytime anybody brings it up, it's fun to fun to think about, fun to relive. And you talk about reliving here. Uh, you started your career with KATE, but then the one that really got to me the most was uh, you, play, you uh, did it for Northern Michigan University. You did their hockey games and football games. Which one, though, which job though was more important to you to the next stepping stone um i, I go back to albert lee uh, just about every single day and think about you know the lessons and things that i've learned there that were so important and you know i can't stress enough that everybody's journey is different and that's one of the things that anytime i talk to young broadcasters or people that want to know you know how did you do it you know how did you get here well it, it was it was a long road and you know everybody goes about it differently i knew 
very early on in my life that I wanted to be an NBA broadcaster. And, um, you know, my path to it was to start small. So I ended up down in Southern Minnesota in a town of about 18,000 people. Um, but I got a huge opportunity there because there was such a culture of sports radio and the local radio station, 1450 KATE, you know, was sort of the voice of, of the town and the voice of that area. And a lot of people tuned in and expected to hear sports on the radio. And so for me, someone who wanted to get as much experience as I possibly could, landing there and having the opportunity to call baseball, football, uh, basketball, hockey, wrestling, I mean, whatever it was, we were calling a lot of games. And what the, the general manager of the station said to me was, we can do as many games as you want to do. You know, we've got a, a package of sponsors. We've got a package of advertisers. It's up to you how many games you want to do. I wanted to do every single one that we possibly could. So um, I jumped right into it. And, you know, it's it's funny uh, when you bring up the, uh, the Sportscaster of the Year Award because I got a phone call from somebody in Albert Lee after I was nominated. And they, they wow. told the story and they said, um, you know, hey, you may not, not remember this, but in one of your early, you know, early months on the job down here, um, you know, you were getting – getting ripped on a little bit uh, on the air about, you know, whatever, struggling with a hockey game or something. And, and I called in and said, hey, just just let him figure it out. You know, he's going to be fine. And um, it is absolutely true that I had a great opportunity down there to figure out how to do this. I mean, if, you know, coming out of college, um, we didn't really have a ton of opportunity to broadcast like kids do now, you know, college, college students with ESPN3 and with, you know, local radio and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, I was involved in our campus radio station and involved in the, the local radio station, but we weren't calling games the way, you know, through internet streams and everything, mm -hmm. um, students get the opportunity to now. So um, it was very much a, a figure it out as I go along process. And I was allowed down there to try some things and some things worked, some things didn't. Um, but really I had a great opportunity to find my voice, find my style, um, and getting a ton of reps, you know, helped a lot in that regard. So um, my time in Northern Michigan was tremendous in learning, you know, to be a voice of a team um, and, and learning, you know, the, what sports is at that level, you know, with the sports information director, when you've got a ton of eyes on your division one, you know, college hockey product. And, you know, so there were a lot of great lessons learned there, but, you know, I go back to Albert Lee all the time because, um, you know, some of the lessons you learn in just terms of, you know, having that ability to, to mess up um, and to figure it out was huge. Right. But also, you know, just understanding like what's important to the people that you're listening to. I mean, when I started down there, I wanted to talk, you know, like uh, Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the national stories. Everybody's going to want to hear my hot takes. And mm -hmm. I remember one guy, our, one of our sales general manager pulled me aside. He's like, hey doing a great job but nobody cares about that stuff they want to know what's happening here <laughs> you know and, and that was a lesson that, that really stuck with me like and and i think about it at, at this level as well i mean we've got fans that are tuning in to listen to the timberwolves and if we spend the entire pregame show talking about the opponent well that that doesn't you know that's not what they want to hear about they want to hear about their team they want to hear about what's going on and the stories of the guys on their team and you know certainly you have to bring up and uh, you want to kind of paint the picture of who the opponent is. But for the most part, our guys and, and on the women's side with the links, you know, our players have such incredible stories and such unique stories that 
that's what uh, that's what our fans want to hear about. And, you know, that was a lesson I learned a long time ago down in Albert Lee. He's John Folky, Timberwolves studio host and a play-by-play announcer of the WNBA's Minnesota Lynx. He is also the Minnesota Broadcaster of the Year. Let's uh, talk about that for a second. You were talking about being a young broadcaster. What kind of advice can you give to a young broadcaster of today, uh, especially with uh, the way that you've been able to handle that criticism? How have you been able to handle the criticism if you are in today's marketplace? Um, I mean... To be honest, you know, we, we don't hear a whole lot of criticism. Um, uh, Do you go on Twitter? Um, no, I mean, people have been surprisingly supportive of, of the job that we do. And, you know, I work alongside Alan Horton, who I think is one of the best um, NBA voices uh, in the league right now and a mm-hmm. guy that I've had a great opportunity to learn about. And, um, you know, for the most part, I mean, we just try to do the best job that we possibly can do in telling the stories of our team. And, you know, if there is criticism of, of the job that we do, certainly you want to listen to it and learn from it, um, you know, and figure out if it's something that is, you know, uh, if you are making a mistake, if you are doing something wrong, I think it's it's important to understand that. And I think the biggest critics, honestly, are us on ourselves. Um, you oh, know, you yeah. know when you made a mistake and, you know, I make it a point to go back and listen to our stuff to make sure that, you know, number one, we're accomplishing our goals of, you know, the information that we want to get out during the broadcast and things like that. And, you know, our storytelling, too. And I think that's where you learn a lot. And so you always want to self-critique. And, and if folks do have, you know, criticism for you, hopefully it's constructive. But certainly you want to listen to it, learn from it, and, and in the end, hope, hope that it makes you a better broadcaster. Speaking about that, let's talk about the Timberwolves here for a second. You know, they're winners of their six of their last ten games. Uh, they're going back-to-back road trips, Sears. Started off with Atlanta tonight. But Jimmy Butler has got to be just the biggest part of that locker room, especially coming off that 21-point performance. How big of a deal is Jimmy Butler to this basketball team? Oh, he's huge. And, and Coach Tibbs talks about it all the time. You know, his his favorite go-to line when somebody asks about, you know, what Butler means to this team is he says he changed everything. And what he means by that is Jimmy came in and, you know, he's done a great job of changing the culture, um, changing the locker room and, you know, getting guys, number one, to commit on the defensive end, uh, to play hard the entire time. And he does it through his leadership and also the example that he sets out on the court. Um, and, you know, he's, he's been great just in terms of like, you know, having fun in that locker room too. It's it's a different vibe in there because you've got veterans who have been through so many things and have so much experience. Um, and, you know, they understand, hey, the ups and downs of an NBA season and trying to keep an even keel and, you know, having fun while well working hard, all those things. And, you know, Jimmy's a big, big part of that. And then obviously what he does on the floor with the points, the rebounds, the assists, uh, the steals, the commitment to defense, sacrificing his body, all those things. And, um, you know, stepping in as a vocal leader for this team, too. I think that's something they've lacked these last couple of years. And, um, you know, and then teaming him with Taj Gibson and Jamal Crawford and even Jeff Teague, you've got guys who have played in some big playoff games and have experience, you know, uh, kind of growing into their roles in the NBA. So uh, Jimmy's kind of the head of the snake in that regard, and, and he's just done a great job of, you know, kind of raising, uh, you know, raising his teammates and, and raising this team you know, to a certain level that's allowing them to be competitive in the West. How do they fix their road woes? Uh, they're 12 and 14 this year. I mean, what has been one of the things that could really stop that from happening 
uh, continuing on throughout the season? Well, when you go into a season, you always want to win your home games. You want to play, you know, 500 on the road right. and then steal some against teams that uh, that you probably shouldn't. And up until that last road trip where Minnesota dropped back-to-back games at Portland and Golden State, the Wolves were doing that. They were playing 500 on the road. So, um, you know, they ran into a couple of very good teams, and they were shorthanded, obviously, without Bummer and both those games. So hopefully on this trip they can get one against Atlanta, who's really struggled this season. And then tomorrow will be a real tough matchup. Um, at the beginning of the month, the ESPN, uh, they, they tap this game as, you know, a red alert game in the sense that yes. Minnesota's going to be wrapping up a stretch of five games and seven nights, and Toronto will have uh, an extended rest period leading up to that game. So it's going to be a challenge. Um, but, you know, if, if you can go out and, and take care of business tonight, see what happens tomorrow against Toronto. Minnesota beat the Raptors earlier this month and did so without Jimmy Butler. And so if Butler's back, you know, which we expect him to be in the lineup again, um, maybe, you know, that's what sways things in terms of playing on the second end of a back-to-back at five and seven. Now, John, I want you to be completely honest with this because I know that you're very busy with the Wolves and the Lynx here, but uh, have you looked at any of the Super Bowl coverage yet? Super Bowl coverage in regards to, <laughs> well, I mean, like Super Bowl activities or Super Bowl? It just any way, just, just around the Minneapolis uh, metro area. Just anything like that at all? or? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I've walked over Nickel and Mall a couple of times. And been able to, you know, peek down on uh, what's happening down there with the Super Bowl live and everything. But uh, over the weekend, didn't get an opportunity to um, to take in any of that. In fact, uh, you know, kind of wrapped around the whole Super Bowl weekend. There's this uh, event called the Great Northern Festival, um, hmm. in which you know they tie in uh, cross country ski racing, fat bike racing, the U.S. Pond Hockey Championships were here. So. Um, when we did get some free time over the weekend, my wife played in the pond hockey championship. So I was out there and, um, I did the cross country ski race. And then, you know, this week, hopefully we'll get some time, uh, to go down and, and kind of check everything out along Nicollet Avenue. And, uh, Wednesday I'll be out at radio row with the mall of America, which, you know, as, as a radio broadcaster, right. I've always wanted to check out. So I'll have an opportunity to peek in on everything going around there. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. There's a great vibe. There's a lot of people. Um, coming through the skyways and, you know, starting to file into uh, the Twin Cities. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the weather's going to be interesting. It's going to be super cold come uh, Super Bowl Sunday. But, you know, it's sunny right now. Everything's Skyway connected. So hopefully the folks uh, that are coming in town are enjoying it and looking forward to a, a good game and everything else. What do you got in the Super Bowl? Uh, no idea. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping it's a fun one. Uh you know, we got a busy week here with uh, the back-to-back road games, and then Thursday Milwaukee's in town, and Sunday or Saturday yeah. the, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans are in town. So by the time the game rolls around on Sunday, I'm going to enjoy just sitting on my couch, putting my feet up, and uh, hopefully watching a competitive game. Well, John, enjoy every minute of that Super Bowl. Uh as much as you can, especially with all the hard work you've put in. Congratulations on the Minnesota Broadcast of the Year, and I'm sure we're going to be talking down the road here. All right, thanks so much for having me. All right, well, that was uh, John Fokey, Minnesota Broadcaster of the Year, also Minnesota Timberwolves studio host tonight. They are at Atlanta, then they play Toronto. We're going to take time out here. Coming up, I'm going to...